I established, and I really did. And let me tell you, it's not easy. It's just like any rule. It's just like code red weight loss. It's like anything like that, that you're going to establish the non-negotiables and you can't bumper out of those boundaries or you're going to have a bigger mess to take care of later. So, and I always said, either I deal with this with a two-year-old or a five-year-old or the fight's really on with a 13-year-old. I'm Christy Code Red, and you're listening to Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle, where we believe food holds the power to heal or poison, and we believe our society has been misled regarding proper nutrition and weight loss. You're in the right place if you're looking for some straight up truth, because I'm here to shed light on the lies and brainwashing that has taken place over the past five decades. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome back to Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle. I'm your host, Christy Code Red, author, entrepreneur, retired professional boxer, the owner of Code Red, and the creator of the 10-pound takedown challenge. Have you ever done one of our challenges before? Have you ever done? You need to do it. We have them every month. They're wonderful. They're wonderful. It's a really great way for $47 to dip your toe into the lifestyle and figure out if it's for you. We think the proper human diet is for everybody, but we we got to convince you and it's real food, water, and sleep. You know, during the 10 pound takedown challenge, we track our water, our sleep, we track our weight. You follow very simple rules, very simple foods list, and I come live to you every single day. So guys, I don't think I've ever had my mom on the podcast before. And I've got my mom, Carol Terhurst with me. They call her mama Carol within our code red rebel community. And I asked mom to be on for a couple of different reasons, because we're talking about setting the tone of your home. Now, 93% of our clients are code red are um, females. And so, okay. So we can pretty much say that the majority of them are going to be females listening to this right now. And we're talking about setting the tone of your home and nobody can speak to this better than my mom for the, of course she's my mom, but she had three kids of her own that she's got a bunch of grandkids and you know, there's a lot of, uh, uh, she brings a lot of authority to this area, but mom, you know, can I just, I just hope mom, you are totally just going to be like upfront and real and raw with us because just, let me just tell you what I think. Cause mom's going to go Christy Lynn when I, when she hears it, she's going <laughs> to, it could happen. It, I, it wouldn't be the first time. Let's just say that. <laughs> Christy Lynn, be nice. But mom, I don't get something. So here's what is frustrating to me. When I hear, you know, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And it kind of makes me think of this woman in her home. And she's like, like blowing her top and she's screaming and ranting and raving and being a complete like frustrating. And so me for my first thought is calm down. And then my second thought is she's probably got a bunch of bratty kids that don't pull their weight around because mom, you never let us do that at home. No, no, I didn't. And whereas I don't disagree with that saying, because if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. That's true. That is a true statement, but it is not a get out of jail free pass for mama to just be crazy, ranting and raving and giving into, you know, she birthed those kids. 
you know, she, they chose to have them. And so, and she has a home and she has responsibilities, but you don't give in to those frustrations and make everybody else in the entire house miserable because mama ain't happy. So mom, take us back to when you were a kid, uh, you had a unique childhood, uh, because the way you raised us was very different than the way you were raised. You, you were raised in, uh, can I, I don't know if I can, can I say abusive home? I mean, uh, not all the time you were, you know, you were mistreated. Sometimes it wasn't the best of situations until grandma and grandpa divorced and then grandma got with grandpa Fred. And so it was a blended family and there was a tremendous amount of pressure on you to raise your sisters and to take care of the family. So take us back to the tone of your house when you were growing up. I would say there were several stages when my mom was still married to my biological father and then they got divorced when I was eight. That was definitely, you know, there was verbal abuse. My father would get uh, drunk and he would get angry at us, four children, a boy and three girls. And I was the middle, uh, I was the boy and then three, and I was the middle of the three. So basically a middle child. And my father would get mad and he was going to, and he would start. Well, us kids knew that number one, he was drunk, so he couldn't catch us. <laughs> and number two, that we knew where to hide, so he couldn't find us. And so he would start chasing us, and we would we were just little rats, and we boy, we zipped out of the house, and he would start yelling, you and expletive, expletive, whatever's. He said, Ah, oh, when I catch you, he says, You he would say, You buzzard puking rats. When I catch you, I'm gonna rip your arms off and beat you to a bloody pulp. Well, that was just a joy, wasn't it? And so we would dart out of the house, we'd kind of go different directions, but we knew to meet on the side of the house where the opening was to go under the house. Yes, under the house with all the spiders and whoever knows whatever else, but that's where we were safe. Literally, we would go under the house and then we could see him, we could hear him yelling that those same things, what he was going to do when he caught us and he was going to, and it would get louder as he got to the opening and then it would get quieter. And so, yes, there was verbal abuse, uh, physical abuse, not that, I, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember my mother having to run a tub of cool water to set my sister in because daddy whipped her so hard with the willow switch from the tree that her little legs were welted and her butt was bleeding. So yeah, there was abuse. So that was the first stage. Then my mother divorced my dad and it was actually kind of pleasant. My mom ruled with a, I would say an iron fist, but it was more like a look. She would raise her eyebrow. She would snap her finger. She didn't have to say a word and we complied. And then when she married my stepfather, that brought its own set of things. It, the, um, the house evened out in one respect as far as kindness and we all got along and stuff like that. And then within the first year, my mom's son and three daughters were joined by my stepdad's son and three daughters. And then there were six girls and two boys. And I always say, you know, we weren't the Brady Bunch. We looked like the Brady Bunch, but we weren't the Brady Bunch. And in that respect, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. So yes, the tone in my home was do as I say, not as I do. The tone in my home was when I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. 
And the tone in my house was children are to be seen and not heard. And that's really tough. That was just very difficult. So that's kind of the background. Were there good times? Yes, of course, of course, of course. But that's the foundation that was laid that I stepped into my adult life, my married life, and then more specifically when the kids came along into raising children. And I remember saying to myself, I will not raise my children the way I was raised. Now, it's hard because we do tend to model how we were raised. And it took a concerted effort to just say, I'm not going to be that mean, screaming, abusive woman. I want peace. That was my thing. I just wanted peace in my house. I didn't want the crazy making. So did you ever feel so you had us girls? There are three of us. We're pretty close together. Mm -hmm. Dad worked a lot. So you were alone a lot. You did not Mm -hmm. have help. You didn't have, you know, um, a close community of people to come over and help you and give you a break like a lot of women do nowadays. I mean, you have the church nursery, but it just was a different day back then, the 70s and 80s. And so did you feel yourself start to, did you have to almost like recommit to that decision each day? Did you feel yourself start to lose it sometimes? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because kids, the kids are kids. They're little people with very immature brains and minds. And that's why parents, and this is my humble opinion, I'm going to sidebar for a second. You're the parent, you're not their best friend. I mean, I'm friends with Christy. I'm friends with Carrie and Laura now. But back in the day, it was I was the mom. So, yes, you do. You and especially if they gang up on you or, you know, and just life, life happens. If it were all, you know, Rosie Posey Mayberry, where we could just script how life goes, but it doesn't. You get a call that, you know, uh, there's unexpected uh, a bill here or there's something there. And there are things that just layer on top of things. And who do we hurt? the most, where do we lash out when we are in the pressure cooker and we can't take any more, then it's like, you can't shut up in there. I'm telling you for the last time. And then you could go there. So those situations, I don't care how good of a mother you are or how good your kids are. Those things will happen. And I'm not saying I didn't ever scream. It's so funny. I remember things and you girls will say, we had a great childhood or whatever. And yet I want to say, oh, I remembered when I stormed out of the house because I was so upset. But maybe that was the best thing to do. I remember being upset and removing myself from that situation. It's not that bad. It's okay. It's only crystal. (laughs) There, you can buy more crystals somewhere. It's only this. That's okay. So it's a burnt roast, whatever it was that got you, you know, into that out of control on the verge of you can control it. You can reel it in. And I would, I, maybe I'm jumping ahead, but that's how I would do. If it got to that point, the things that would set me off the most would be if you girls fought Or if there were financial pressures and we didn't talk to you girls much about financial things, we would just say, no, we can't afford that. Or we would say, oh, not right now. Or we'll make a list, you know, make a list. We put it on a list and maybe one day we'll look at that and things like that. So financial pressure, if Larry and I were maybe at odds about something, which wasn't often, or if you girls were going through something specifically, those kind of set things off. Other than that, 
unless there are other issues like I know there are emotional issues and some people need uh, help medically and things like that to help level them out. But mostly you can dial that back in, I feel like. So only 7% of all communication is verbal. And I know there's so much energy that a mom can put out as the mom of the household without having to say anything because they're... you guys were not yellers in our household, yet we obeyed you. So did you establish that early on? I mean, I think you I, you established your parenting style early on when we were little. We were babies, little toddlers, you know, that we just when we got to be older, we didn't. I mean, I'm sure, I know we, we gave you a hard time sometimes, but we were pretty good kids. And that household was pretty calm because you established it early on. Right. I had rules. I had personal rules, which I call non-negotiables. I'm the mother. What I say goes. It's my way or the highway. But I wasn't unrealistic with what my requirements were. And it was always age appropriate. So I didn't expect you to, you know, clean your room and do the dishes when you were two years old. But I'll tell you what, you were, uh, when you were born, Carrie was two. Well, she could walk, she could talk, she could throw a fit. So she can darn well go get me a diaper. She can, uh, put the milk get back in the refrigerator. <laughs> she can pick up her clothes. If she's smart enough to know how to throw a fit in the tantrum or whatever to get her own way, then she's smart enough to help. So I always was age appropriate, giving you girls responsibilities that were age appropriate. If you took toys out, you put toys back. If you made a mess, you cleaned it up. I wasn't your slave. So I made those things very clear. And other things were, you could tell me, because and like when I said, my mother said, when I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. Children are to be seen and not heard. She meant it. If you wanted to be in a room where other adults were, you knew to hush up. Because if she heard you and she turned and saw you, she just would raise the eyebrow, give a look and go like that. But it would be down by her side. And you knew, well, I've got to leave the room. I shouldn't have said that. So I wasn't like that. I was more, you, I wanted you girls to be able to come to me with anything or even a suggestion because I would do something and Carrie was always the one, mom, I think we could do this better. And I would just feel myself start. And then I would think, well, hear what she has to say. And I would go, hmm. Well, I wish I would have thought of that or, you know, whatever we had dialogue, whatever it was. So I always wanted to hear what you girls had to say, but it had to be said with respect mm. and it couldn't have just be interrupt, interrupt, you know, jump into the middle of an adult conversation and tell me, you know, cause I was kind of like my mom like that. Yeah. You know, don't do that. So I established, and I really did. And let me tell you, it's not easy. It's just like any rule. It's just like, code red weight loss is like anything like that, that you're going to establish the non-negotiables and you can't bumper out of those boundaries or you're going to have a bigger mess to take care of later. So, and I always said, either I deal with this with a two-year-old or a five-year-old or the fight's really on with a 13-year-old. And I knew better. I knew to get my bluff in on a two-year-old or a five-year-old so that it would help ease things up with a 13, 14, 15, oh God, 18 can't get soon here soon enough year old, you know? So yes, I was a disciplinarian more so than a lot of my friends, but I knew I had to get control or I would be that screaming woman. Mm. I specifically remember one time 
I was really little and I was after church. Now that was back in the day when we were really, really, really involved in church. We've been involved in church our whole lives. My, you know, us girls and stuff, you and dad pastored churches. You were always involved in the choir and the music and everything. And back in the day, people got together after church and at each other's house. And I remember there was a whole room full of adults and no kids were allowed in the room, but I wanted you to hold me. And you said that you would, you would hold me if I didn't say anything. And I understand that. And so you did. I remember, I remember just like laying my head and you were rocking me and patting my back, but I knew that don't interrupt the adults. Don't say anything. I'm sure you don't remember that. Well, I, that makes sense that I would say that. And because we always encouraged you girls to share what you thought and whatever. And because we didn't have a lot of outside. We didn't have a lot of money to go do outside things. We entertained ourselves at our home. You girls would get up and sing. We would act things out and we would do plays and stuff like that. So it, you were not, none of you girls were really shy and thought that whatever you had to say, everybody would just think it was just grand. So uh, like Carrie, even one time, a whole room full of adults and she was little and she went, anybody, like everybody, anybody, 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 you know what a whole room full of adults did? She was the first grandkid. The whole room full of adults went, oh, what is she going to, what is she, oh, shh, Carrie's going to, I remember thinking, she's two years old. No, anybody, anybody, interrupt a bunch of adults. So it doesn't surprise me that I would have said that to you, but my mother would have told me to get out of the room. She would never have put me up in her lap. So that mother part of me, and it's all, isn't that really all a teaching moment? Okay, Christy, if you obey what I, one thing I've asked you, guess what? You get to stay right here and mama rock you. And I'm happy to do that. Veer off of that, hit those bumper boundaries and start saying, anybody, anybody look at me. Guess what? Now you go into the room and play with the other kids. So yes, that, uh, that doesn't surprise me that I would have done that. Well, you, you know, I've um, nowadays the kids are the center of attention. I mean, I, I went and visited a friend's about a year ago and the entire conversation around dinner was their kids just talking the whole time and us adults and we just never got to talk at all. So that's very frustrating. So how much do you think now you were never overweight growing up? I just don't remember that until you got to be menopause. And then since you really took control of your life about four years ago or so, three years ago, you've lost and maintained 50 pounds off of with for, through code red, real food, water and sleep. So now you feel good. And I know growing up, you felt good. But how much do you think maintaining a calm home has oh. to do with the mom being healthy and feeling good? Well. It's only a uh, speculation because I wasn't that, but I will tell you the more weight I gained in the, those fifties, fifties by that, I mean, my age, my 50 years, not the 50 pounds you were talking about. So the more that your weight goes up and that you're in that state that you're not happy with yourself, you've gained all that weight or whatever. I believe your confidence goes down. And I think that you're more inclined to give in to those frustrations, the things that actually aggravate you because you're aggravated with yourself. You're unhappy with yourself. You're not satisfied with where you are. And that's an underlying, for me, that was an underlying constant niggle, zzz, almost like a buzz. You can't get out of your head. Zzz, it's there. It's there. It's there. So then when something minor happens, you're like, Aah! you know, you give into that. And I feel like personally, and I wasn't helped my, I was in pain 
you know, remember my info, I had the bad, I thought it was arthritis and stuff. Well, and, and you're just not healthy. You don't feel good. And you give in to that and you can just be this crazy woman. And I believe the healthier I got, the less everything else external bothered me. You know, I was just happy with myself. So I became a happier person and I exuded that happiness, the healthier I got. That's a great point. I hope ladies, I hope you're listening because that's in, that's incredible advice. You hear that mom, do you think that women forget the kind of power they have over their household and the kind of influence they have over their family? Let me think about this for one second. If that woman realized that power, I think she would wield it differently. I think that she doesn't believe that she is even significant. There is a point that you can get to that the kids don't listen to me. My husband isn't listening to me. The dog and the cat, they don't even listen to me. But if if you would realize that you do have that authority and that power, then you would wield it different because you're wielding it one way or the other. You're going to be the screaming lady that everybody runs and hides from or rolls her eyes. Well, there goes mom again. She's on the war path again. Everybody watch out. Watch out for mom. Text, text, text. Mom's on one. And if you realized that you really did have that power, you could make it positive power. You could create that scenario in your home. You could level this. You girls would come in and you would, one of you were this and the other was, oh, and and you can just bring that down or all those things can make it like the, my little teapot and kabam, your, the steam goes off. So you do have power to wield. And I don't think that they, they're feeling like they're misusing it. I just believe you don't realize that you have the magic wand and it really is in your control, the mood and the temperature and the status of your home that you create for your family. Yeah, that's incredible. You're just having so you're just dropping bombs right and left. So (laughs) do you because I know that you raised your kids in a different era in the 70s, 80s, early 90s, and it wasn't as much of an issue, the food, because simply we didn't have the money for chemical processed junk food. We ate off the land. We ate what dad and you harvested. Um, we butchered our own animals, things like that. But how much do you think a, the role of sugar plays in today's household? It's ghastly. I don't think people realize. I had just had recently someone say, uh, they, they brought me a water, uh, stopped at a sea store, brought me a water and they got something else. And they said, this is what I drink. It, it, I, it really, and it was a monster. And I said, well, wait a minute, let's turn this around. Oh, look, it's 17 grams of sugar and 12 grams of carbs. I said, no, no. But it was like, no, this is healthy because it's electrolyte replacement or something. I'm like, no. And I didn't think about sugar because I, I made pies and cakes and cookies, but not excessively. And so I, you know, I used sugar, but I believe, I so believe that sugar is, it's like an adrenaline junkie. Your kids eat it and they just go. I remember one time, Laura, she was really hooked on sugar and I didn't realize that other than, oh, she likes sweets and Christy doesn't. And one day she, I got called from the teacher the school was across the street. And she said, I'm just letting you know, I'm sending Laura home. And I'm like, and Laura never got in trouble. She was kind of more the quiet one. I was like, really? She goes, I do not know what happened. It was about 30 minutes after lunch. And she said, but I can't control her. And I was like, are you sure it's not Carrie? 
Are you sure it's Laura? Here came Laura walking home, her head hung, her little braids walking home. Before she got to the house, the thought occurred to me. And I, I called the teacher back real quick. And I said, will you check something for me? Will you check and see if someone gave her some candy or someone, whatever. And she called me right back. And the kid next to her traded Laura's nutritious lunch for a a bunch of candy. And Laura ate all that candy and didn't eat her lunch. And she was over the top. She could not control herself. And I'm telling you, she was cruising for a spanking when she, if, if I, if that hadn't dropped into my head and me, the teacher and then the teacher back to me, that little, that cute little kid with those long blonde braids would have got her little fanny fired up for being such a disruptive child at class for no reason, but it wasn't no reason. And I absolutely not even knowing what I know today. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that sugar threw her into out of control. She could not control herself. She was crying. She didn't know when she came in the door, she said, I don't know why. I don't know why mama, mama, mama. I'm so sorry. And I said, I know why. And this is, this is how this is going to go down from here on out. No candy at school. You can have one piece of candy when you get home or whatever the rule was, but I, it plays the biggest part. I can't even tell you. And I've never even, you know, I mean, I, I haven't read all the studies on it, but it does. It but even the way I've watched you with the grandchildren, we have uh, right. We have three grand. You have three grandkids in their twenties and one who's ten years old. And I've never seen you give candy or sweets to the grandkids. You've always been really good about really keeping that down. It's important to me because I know what it's doing to them. And I don't want to zip them up and send them home to mom. Plus, I don't want to zip them up and then be at my house. Plus, I didn't have it. <laughs> I didn't have it at my house. Again, I might have had something homemade, but not lots of it, but not just fistfuls into bags of stuff. I never, I just really didn't have it in the house. And I never catered to the grandkids. Oh, I, I wouldn't run to the store and buy them whatever they wanted. Now, back in the day, BC, before Christy Code ran, <laughs> you know, we might would have gone and gotten donuts on a Saturday if we knew the grandkids were going to come over or something. Oh, let's have donuts. Or I remember when the they were little and we lived in McCall, we would go to Ice Cream Alley and we would get an ice cream with the grandkids because of because of the event, because of the it was a fun thing to do. And then we'd go walk around the lake, but no, I, I don't want it in my house. And you know what? The grandkids are better off without it. Here's an apple. Go play. Yeah. If you are talking to parents nowadays and they want to transition to uh, healthier food, they want to get, they want to get more code red, have more code red, which is so funny when you say code red kid, because it's uh, where they're just little humans. It's just real food. It's real food for everybody. So I don't really know what, what that means. Like, uh, you know, we're going to switch over to code red. So we're not going to have the pop tarts anymore. I know that I've heard you give the advice to parents, um, to just stop buying it. Don't make it a big deal. Just stop buying it. Um, number one, number two, have the kids help them make it and make it fun for them. Like put it in nice, cute little bowls. Yes, absolutely. And I, I was thinking when you said about kids and here's the deal, uh, they are little humans. Why should they get something different? I don't get that. At our house, it was one meal. It was what I was making and you eat it. And if you don't want it, I'm not going to force you to eat it, but you don't get something else. 
So I, I would, if I were, if I were talking to parents, which I am apparently right now to moms, just, I think it depends on the age of your child. If they're younger, if they're, um, although I saw a woman in a store and her kid was probably three and the whole checkout line, of course it was junk, junk. It was in a a Ross. So you know how those aisles are just lined with stuff. This little kid picked up everything from, from the beginning, weaving our way around throwing herself down and the mother didn't budge. I wanted to, I, I should have, but it was six foot distancing to say to that mother, good on you. She just calmly said, no, Sally, no, we're not going to. Could you please put that back? Now I would have done the same thing and then spanked you when I got out to the car. Don't you ever do that to me again in public. Don't you do that to me again in public. You do that to me again in public and, and you won't even get the dessert I have planned for the family. You know, uh, uh-uh, no. So my thing is, if they are real young, you just just take it away and have an apple, have a pear, have a cherries, have grapes. There's so many good things. Those kids, you know, uh, tell them to drink water. I always told you kids, mom, I'm hungry. Go get a glass of water. You're going to be fine. You know, mom, my tummy hurts. Go poop. You're going to be fine. I mean, it was just basic. And you know what? It, it worked. I would say to them, if they get a little older, say, you know, we're, I'm not going to buy this stuff. This is what I would do. I'm not going to buy uh, chips. I'm not going to buy pop. It's not going to be in the house. Don't ask for it. If you ask for it, it's going to make me really angry. And you'll, there will probably be consequences. So just go ahead and ask for it and see what happens. See how that goes for you. I would just shoot straight. Mm. Now, you can't control what they do when they're out of the house, but you control what's in the, your, the four walls of your home. You control what's in the cupboard. You control what's in the fridge. And if you don't, you need to get a handle on that. It'll make your life easier. I say, deal with it now or deal with it later. You're going to deal with it. And I would just say, Billy, Bobby, Sally, Susie, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to have alternatives. And you're welcome to have those, not in copious amounts, but this is the way it's going to go down. And we're all going to feel better. And if you don't like it, go to your room. I don't want to hear about it. Don't complain to me. You know what? If you Every time you complain to me, I'm going to find a chore for you to do. I really, I need someone to fold the laundry. I need someone to scoop the poop out of the yard. You know what? Please complain. I can't, I'm I'm making my list now. Oh, I can't wait. And listen, I'd give, no, no. Uh, Well, Christy knows. (laughs) I can get, Carrie, I I could get, I can get started on this right now. But let them know what's going on because they're going to detox and they need to. And, you know, make, make a game of it. How many times you drink your water. I mean, there's so many things you can do to just switch your focus. Don't focus on we're not having sugar anymore. And maybe focus on you didn't, you only had one cavity at the dentist or you, you know, you drank, you drank this much. Um, There's so many positive things you can do. And I'm a big firm believer in take out the negative and put in the positive and you'll just do so much better with your kids and your whole mental state. And if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy thought that's going to dissipate. And mama's going to be happy because you're going to have more well-behaved children. I really get tired of the mommy martyr attitude 
where moms are feeling like that's a badge of honor when they when they um, stay up late, you know, checking on their kids or they let their son take the car out, you know, their 15 year old son till two o'clock in the morning and then they're up worrying about him. I mean, it's just women need to really focus on them on themselves. And it's easy for me to say this because I don't have kids. But what would you say? Would you also say the same thing about although you didn't do a lot of focusing on yourself when we were growing up? And I think probably you regret that you did. You had just a couple of hobbies that you really liked. But women need to you know, you do need to take care of yourself so you effectively can take care of others. You do need to. And uh, we would do fun things like we all colored our hair together. You know, those were kind of things that I would do to take. And you girls would say, would go to the store. Can we pick out our own color? I'd say, yeah, but ain't nobody getting out of school tomorrow. If you turn it green, you're wearing that green head tomorrow till we can fix it. You know, and I remember you came home when you said, mama, can I get this? And we were, you know, we were buying our hair color. And it was, I remember looking at it. Your hair was about down to here. It was long. And I looked at the box and it said, jet black. <laughs> said oh god i'm like you do realize it's gonna look like this it's gonna be so black it's gonna look shiny blue yeah i'm like everybody's going to school tomorrow so we would do things like that we would do fingernails toenails we had uh you know we had tea parties but i want to go back to something that you said earlier about the 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 mother about the kids and the, uh, the car and this and that you are the ultimate decision maker those kids in my humble opinion, which is why I'm your guest, is they're not the ones making the decision. They're not paying the bills. They're not, they're not, they're not, they're not. Why do you feel like you have to adhere to their demands? Mm. You don't. You're the mama. Think about what kind of wife you are creating your daughter to be, or what kind of a husband, father you're letting your son become. Do you like their behavior in your home? Well, guess what? Their spouse isn't going to like it either. You're doing them a disservice. Mm. So it's it's so important to remember you are the rule maker and the rule enforcer. Is it easy? No. But when you get teenage children or even up a little bit older, let me tell you, I enjoyed my kids. You know what my kids used to say to me, mama, mama, please, mama, please. You're so much fun. We want you to come to our dance. We want you to be the chaperone. All I could think of was dang, all those kids going to be down at that dance. I get to sit back quiet evening, put my feet up, but they wanted me to be around them because they loved me. They trusted me. We had a good relationship. And I was like, well, what about so-and-so? Oh, oh, they're, they, they don't want their mom there. So you can Create a relationship with your children where they feel safe and they trust you because they know the rules are the rules. And how we do things is how we do things. And they're safe. You create a safe environment and they want you around. They just, they trust you. It's because you're the mom. You're not the friend yet. You're not the whatever. And it is so enjoyable because you will create an atmosphere where you can enjoy your children. And it's just, it's not a life sentence. It's a pleasure, but you've got to be consistent in what your rules are, what your non-negotiables are, and, you know, raise some good kids because they're going to be our police officers and uh, the people at the bank and, you know, the different people serving us later. So do a good job. <laughs> Don't make them poops. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. Those are your, your kids are the ones I'm going to be hiring at my company. So gosh, darn it. 
please make them do their spelling because so many people can't spell. <laughs> if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy setting the tone of your home. Ladies, I really hope. And even fellas, if you're listening to this, I really hope that you were able to glean uh, such a, a lot of knowledge from my mom, a grandmother and a mother and uh, just worked all her life. And it's just so many wonderful things about her. And thank you, mom, so much for coming to me, coming to us. And you guys, 10poundtakedown.com is where you go. I know I mentioned that at the beginning. I really want you to at least just try it. $47, just try it. And if you really want to skip to the front of the line, you can always get a custom program for $9.97. And we customize your entire program and give you three months right off the bat with our in our coaching group where we coach you 20 hours a day. It's remarkable. And you can lose 10% of your body weight every month. So mom, thank you so much. Once again, I appreciate you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for asking me. And we will see you on the next episode of Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle. You guys have a good one. Thank you, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle. Do you have a question that you'd like me to answer raw and uncut on the podcast? Then all you have to do is head over to Apple Podcast on your phone or computer and do three simple things. Leave a rating and review telling me what you think of the podcast. And in that review, ask anything you want related to health, weight loss, or mindset. And if you want a shout out, leave your Instagram handle or name. That's all. Then listen in to hear your question answered live, raw, and uncut on the next Q&A episode. So I'll see you on the next episode of Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle.